0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Florida Podcast. This is your host, Brandon Holland. It is Monday, August 31st, 2020. I already dropped my Florida Market Monday podcast, which is what I do every Monday. And I mentioned at the end of that that I was gonna drop some bonus content for you this evening. I'm doing that for you right now. This is gonna be Minneapolis Part 5. Obviously, if this is Part 5, there are four parts that came before this feel free to go back into my library and listen to those. This is a topic that hits home for me, and it doesn't matter where you are in the country. You really need to listen to this because, in my opinion, this is the result of a utopian view versus real life. And what I mean by that is, for those of you who don't know, I lived in Minneapolis for two years before moving down here to Florida. I'm originally from Maryland. My lovely fiance is from Minnesota and also lived several years of her life in Minneapolis. Now, for us, we actually had a place that we put a deposit in or put down for our wedding next year in Minneapolis, downtown Minneapolis to be more precise about that last week there was a gentleman who committed suicide and before anyone got any sort of information they began to riot for those of you who don't know they were riding on a street nicolet which is downtown there's a bar down there called brit been to several times it was literally on fire which is not too far from where the venue is that we put our deposit down on. And just based on what has happened in Minneapolis since George Floyd, there's just no way that we could continue to invest our money and have people fly from different places in the country to our wedding And not be able to guarantee or I wouldn't say guarantee because you can never guarantee anything. But we can't trust that their safety is going to be met being in that location. And there's a couple different reasons why. So, you know, again, if you go back to one of the first um, podcasts that I did pertaining to Minneapolis, just saying, hey, this defund the police thing, it's going to end terribly. And so last week after those riots happened, we had to really go back and start to look at different things and actually look at the numbers and really figure out if this is something that we wanted to continue to pursue. So one of the things, one of the articles that I read it, that came from, from SouthwestJournal.com no, we're just talking about the rise in crime since George Floyd. And you know, to quote that article, the rise in violent crime comes at a time when the police chief is reshuffling units to prop up patrol and accommodate the departure of about 80 police officers in recent weeks. Says City Hall redirected 1.1 million from the police salary budget to street outreach focused on violent prevention and the U.S. Attorney's Office is assisting through the Twin Cities Violent Crime Task Force. Now, to get into some of the numbers, it says when compared to the four-year average from 2016 to 2019, MPD year-to-date data indicates that burglary in the 5th Precinct is up 82%, auto theft is up 105%, robbery is up 43%, and aggravated assault is up 39%. Total property crime, which includes burglary, larceny, theft from vehicles, auto theft, and arson is up 17%. Now, again, this is real life. And when I look at those numbers, and my fiance, when she looked at those numbers, and families looked at those numbers, it's a situation that says, well, you're not. Really, doing anything to fix the problem. As a matter of fact, everything that you have done has made the problem worse. The idea that thinking defunding the police was going to make this situation better, it comes down to two things. And these were the things that, you know, we were all discussing when we were talking about pulling our deposit from the venue. So, on the one hand, if you were to say, Okay, it's an election year, things are crazy. Once the election is over, things will get back to normal and crime will continue to go down. So, for me, what that says is well, that would suggest that you know that there's a problem. And if you're going to tell me that it's going to get better after the election, that actually means to me that it could get better right now. You're just choosing not to make it better. So, With that, it's just a situation of politics. So, my question would be to the city council. And here's the thing people go, if you're in Minneapolis right now, you know how much I love that city. A lot of my friends in Minneapolis listen to this podcast. So, you know, that venue that we put a deposit down on is in Ward 3. So, Steve Fletcher is the representative from that ward. So if I were sitting in front of him right now, based on what I just said, I would say, so if you know that this is an election year and you're telling me that things are going to get better after the election, again, that says that you could be doing something right now to make things better, but you're playing politics. You're allowing businesses to burn to the ground because you're playing politics. So that's on the one hand, The second hand is that you actually do believe the measures that you've put through in terms of defunding the police, in terms of what's happening right now, you actually think this is good and you actually think that this is going to work long term, which would tell me off the top that you're just inept and you're delusional because the numbers don't lie. People lie. People can lie about the numbers, but the numbers themselves don't lie. And look at the crime statistics. How could we, in good faith, plan to have 150 people come to a wedding venue downtown when you have pulled resources, when you have defunded the police, when we don't know if safety is something that can be guaranteed? You can never guarantee safety like anywhere, 100%. But the idea that you think that the things that you've done since George Floyd passed away has and will work it it's just it's asinine it It's look at the numbers hey, please explain that. so you know, with that being said, there was a major decision that had to be made, so we did in fact end up pulling our deposit. We got all of our money back because again, we are just not going to risk anyone's safety for our wedding. You know, we have people, a bunch of friends who live fairly close to downtown Minneapolis that, you know, would be coming to the wedding. We have family in Maryland. That's where all my family is. My fiance has family in Canada. We have people coming from California, people coming from Virginia, people coming from Wisconsin, many, I mean, just we're very fortunate to have a large group of friends and people that are planning on coming to our wedding. And we just cannot in good faith put them in a position where things could you know, escalate when we're leaving, we have open bar. So that means that people are going to be <laughs> a little little twisted up when they leave. So again, it's a situation where we pulled that deposit. So that's tax dollars that Minneapolis will not get from us. We had negotiated hotel blocks for up to 45 to 50 rooms that we're now not going to need because we're going to go outside of Minneapolis to get married. And this is what happens. This is what I've been talking about. I mentioned the vacuum effect back in, I believe, like part two or part three of what happens when you make terrible decisions in terms of your policy. Now, city council, their salary's close to 100 grand. The decisions that they're making, they're not going to reduce their salary. This is going to have an effect on all of the people in the communities that they think that they are protecting. Because again, none of them do anything to generate revenue. I say that over and over, but I have to drive that point home because it's so important as they lose revenue. And this is just one day. I mean, one weekend, one event, one weekend that will lose X amount of dollars in terms of taxable revenue. You know, my family loves the shop, people that are coming to town or that would have come to Minneapolis would be spending money downtown, going from bar to bar, now none of that. So how do you quantify the lost income, the lost revenue from just something as simple as my or our wedding, but now there's gonna be several other events, several other people, several other people that just avoid that part of Minneapolis. So what, ha- so what happens now? Again, to the city council, it's not that difficult. How did you think this was going to work? How do you think this is going to continue to work? Again, if this is your idea of how to change the system in Minneapolis, you've already proven in a couple months that it's not going to work. So now you have a choice to make. Either. You're going to look at the situation and say, you know what, this isn't going to work. We failed. Or you're going to double down and push forward and things are going to continue to get worse. There's no way that you can operate with limited law and order. I mean, safety is the very first thing that any place needs. This is common sense. I don't understand why I'm even saying this right now. But it's gone from Tim Walsh, the governor, down to Jacob Frey, the mayor of Minneapolis, to the city council. And the city council, again, has more power than Jacob Frey. They make decisions. And again, where this venue is, it's in Ward 3. And so if I were having a conversation, again, with the Ward 3 representative, who is Steve Fletcher, I would be asking him everything that I just said in this podcast, and a matter of fact, if you hear this in Minneapolis and you want to go play this for him, please do, please do. And I would love to have him on this show so we can have a legitimate conversation. Because so I would love to tell him, Hey, this is the number one. This is why, this is why we literally pulled our deposit from downtown Minneapolis. And now we're looking at places in, out in St. Paul and White Bear Lake We're back to square one of the drawing board because you can't give us the number one thing that people always want, no matter where they are in this country, which is safety. And the idea that you think that we're going to risk people's lives when they are coming into town to celebrate us on our most important day of our lives. Ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. Again, I do not get the logic behind all of this. It is a utopian view of we're going to revamp, we're going to do these things to the system and everything is just going to work out. It's not. It's not. Your numbers prove that it's not working and it will not change. If you don't go back to the drawing board, if you cannot get over your own arrogance and say we were wrong, this is only going to get worse. I have been saying this since the very first Minneapolis podcast that I dropped, this is an example to everyone else listening to this across the country that a utopian view of let's just defund the police and everything's gonna somehow get better, not gonna work. And again, if I sound a little bit frustrated doing this, it's because, you know, this isn't a situation, once again, where I'm just talking. You know we wrote a check, we gave them money, and we had to go and tell them, "No, we want that money back because your city is on fire. Your city's been on fire a couple of times now, and we don't feel comfortable with inviting a bunch of people down to this city. When you have the amount of police officers resigning, you know, asking for benefits, because of PTSD, you're not supporting your officers but you somehow think that people are still going to want to come to those areas and spend their money. You have an opportunity right now to do the right thing, which is to just realize that you're wrong and change them. I know you won't do that because that's just leftism. And again, I've said this over and over, leftism and liberalism are not the same thing. It's two totally different things leftism is what we're seeing right now. The inability to just recognize common sense. So if I'm wrong, please, you come and we'll talk. We'll talk about your crime statistics since George Floyd. And trust me, you saying it's all because of Black Lives Matter is not going to work with me. It's just not. Black Lives Matter Global, I've said plenty of things about them. It started in, you know, it started back in, you know, the late 2000s. I saw what happened in Baltimore, seeing what's happened in Minneapolis, and it's just utterly ridiculous. So again, I wanted to do this bonus because it is a lesson to people that are listening all over the country that this is the way utopian views versus real life works. We're just not going to do it. We are not going to put people's lives in jeopardy because people in positions of power in terms of the city council, in terms of the mayor, won't do their jobs and they won't admit when they have been wrong and they are going to continue to be wrong if they don't change these things. So With that being said, I always try to end on a positive note. We did find a couple places that we really like and going to be taking a trip up to Minnesota in a few weeks to go ahead and tour those places. And then we're going to be driving out to Wisconsin to spend some some time up in Minocqua. Cabin weekend for us, it's going to be a good time. So we're super excited. But at the end of the day, This is, you know, just the consequences of people that aren't doing their job and people that have an agenda that is not about people that they represent. So this is how we hold people accountable. You make bad decisions, I will always side with common sense, and if that means taking money out of your pocket, then that is your problem, not ours. So that is going to be it for this bonus. I appreciate everybody tuning in. If you have any questions, feel free to email at thefloridapodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I may drop some additional bonus content today because I'm feeling pretty good. Until next time, this is the Florida Podcast signing off.